to another episode of Miked Up with Mellow and Big Country, brought to you by Mid-America RV. Why work from home when your office could be in Yellowstone? 2022 will be the year to rediscover the outdoors. Mid-America RV is your gateway to adventure with their diverse selection of travel trailers, fifth wheels, teardrops, and toy haulers. They have the right size RV for any vehicle, all covered by their exclusive RV warranty forever. Game days, remote work, getaways, and family vacations are all better in an RV from Mid America RV. Experience travel like you never have before. Find out more at midamericarv.com. The football gods have blessed us once again with something to talk about today and a trade that I didn't know if we would ever see actually happen, mm-hmm. uh, but we have. Baker Mayfield traded to the Carolina Panthers uh, not too long after we were done yesterday. Uh, a move that returns, uh, what was it, like a 2024? Conditional fifth round pick, <laughs> pretty much just got him for free. I mean, it's just, it's kind of what it feels like it came down to. And you know, immediately everyone goes, "Man, remember what Robbie Anderson said on Instagram, where he commented like no in all caps." And it's just like, oh, already off to a hot start. But like the Panthers have been one of the teams that have, has been tied to Baker Mayfield this entire time. Like so the only team, yeah. And as much as like we're surprised to see it, you know, or happy to see it, it's like we're not. We're not surprised. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, hey, just it actually happened. You lied to us. We kind of figured you were. Or maybe it was just like, eh, we know we really don't want him. The Browns are asking for quite a bit. But at this point, it's like, ah, like, Matt Corral really going to be the quarterback next year? Is Sam Donald going to be the quarterback next year? P.J. Walker going to be the quarterback next year? Let's just give up a fifth in three years and see if Baker can be the guy. Yeah, a conditional one too. So uh, mm-hmm. conditional on how much – he does play. It, you mentioned something there that I did want to jump on is the like, oh, did the Panthers lie to us? I don't think they did. I think they finally were just like, yep, we'll take him. <laughs> You're going to pay most of his contract. <laughs> we're only requiring a conditional fifth round pick. Like, yeah, we'll take him. Yep. Almost any quarterback in the league, you have to, you just have to take that. <laughs> I think I heard this morning that they don't, they're only paying like five million of it next year. Uh, officially, four point eight five. <laughs> Is all the Panthers have to wow. pay? Next. I mean, that's that's backup quarterback money. Like Chase oh. Daniel is laughing at that contract. <laughs> like that's all you have to pay him. Dude, uh, I mean, the ten Browns, in KC. <laughs> Brown's going to be on the hook for the rest of that. And I do think that's what it comes down to is that the Browns paying a lot of this contract. It's not the Panthers out there paying nineteen, twenty million dollars, whatever it was for Baker Mayfield. The draft pick is essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. Like a fifth round conditional pick. Good you luck. Don't, you don't really care about that. Yeah. I mean, it's, and it, again, because this conditional is going to be based on how much he plays. But even when you look at him going to the Carolina Panthers, it's kind of one of those deals where um, you look at it and go, like, is he going to be good there? Because you look at Cleveland, it's like, man, Cleveland was kind of a mess when he got there. Like, yeah, it was. But then look at what they built. They built an offensive line. They got you two solid receivers. They got you a good tight end. They started to build the defense. You look at Carolina, it's like, hey, your offensive line's not very good. You got some good receivers. You got a young tight end that could be exciting, and you got a defense that's been built through the draft, which we haven't really seen at full force because of injuries. So, how is that going to look this next year? I mean, Carolina's still in that like middle window of we don't really know how some of these guys are panning out together. We don't know if Matt Rule is going to be the coach moving forward. So, it's like as much as this is for Baker to get out of Cleveland into Carolina, it's also the fact of like what the hell is Carolina going to be next year. I still don't think that they're going to be very good. Now, there were a lot of people excited yesterday that immediately started tweeting, Week 1, Panthers versus Browns. That I am actually kind of excited about. To which I replied, 
Jacoby Brissett versus Sam Darnold. It's going to be electric. Can't can't wait to see what? those two. I think there's a really good possibility that those are the two starting quarterbacks in that game. <laughs> it is July. To assume that Baker yeah. Mayfield is just going to come in and immediately win that job, I think he's probably better than Sam Darnold. But to just uh, assume that he's going to win the starting job, I think is a little steep. I mean, he probably will. I don't know if it's going to be week one, but uh, that's going to be tough. That's maybe, a, Yeah. The fact that it's happening in July, solid point. A, a favor? Uh, no, they don't because it's the NFL. But <laughs> Sam Darnold's been in this system. He's been in the locker room. It's not like he's that much worse than, than Baker yeah. Mayfield. <laughs> So I, do I think Baker Mayfield ends up the starter? Probably. Will it be week one? I don't know. Might be like week three after Sam Darnold sucks it up again. It's hilarious <laughs> when you put it that way. It's like, yeah, week one. Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett. It's like, that game is no longer exciting. It never really was to begin with. No. But it's just like you think of the possibility of Deshaun Watson versus Baker Mayfield, Browns versus you know Panthers, and it's like, actually, we're not going to get that either. <laughs> You're right. So you might as well just like take that off. It better like, not be. If it's, maybe it's Jacoby Brissett versus Baker Mayfield. It better not be Deshaun Watson versus Baker Mayfield. That so, would just be so frustrating. If you're the Panthers, then how do you go about this? Because like, you have Sam Donald this next year. You have Baker for this next year. Is this like it then? Like, do you just kind of roll with these guys? You're like, man, we'll just make the most of it. And then next year you go get your guy in the draft. Like, do you it's almost kind of hope feels. you suck? Yeah. Or maybe middle of the road. Maybe. Uh, they're not going to be better than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know that. Yeah. For sure. Do you think they'll be better than the Falcons? Yes. Now, what about the Saints? Not much better, though. The Saints... And remember, this is not the Matt Ryan Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to yeah. struggle quite a bit this year. Yep. And then you have the Saints. I think the Saints are probably still a better football team. As a whole, I think so, mm-hmm. too. It, with the Panthers, it's always been like, oh, wait, let's wait and see what happens next year. They keep building. I, mm-hmm. Matt Rule is probably actually just bad at coaching in the NFL. <laughs> and now we've maybe just come to realize that. And it's like, <laughs> oh, last year's like, oh, ship sinking a little bit. See you later, Joe Brady. Yeah, last Sorry year about you. Blamed everything on Joe Brady. <laughs> I don't know if he was really all to blame. Yeah. Maybe some of it. But at the same time, maybe give him some decent quarterbacks to try to develop and win with. It will be interesting, too, another point here with the Panthers is, like, Christian McCaffrey coming back and being healthy. <laughs> For two weeks. <laughs> that That as well. But then it's like, okay, you still got DJ Moore, Trimble at tight end like I mentioned, and then the defense. It could be it could be exciting, but it's like, are they going to be able to put points on the board? No matter who your quarterback is. Like, they struggled last year with, like, early on in the season, Sam Donald looked no. <laughs> really good. Because I remember, like, looking at him, like, man, Sam Donald is doing something for the Panthers that hasn't happened for them in, like, two years. Yeah. I was willing to, you know, I was I was on the Sam Donald train. Mm-hmm. I he got away from am. New York. Like, I still kind of want to see what he could do with a good surrounding, which it just, it's wild that he hasn't had anything ever in his career. To yeah. be like, oh, look at what I can do. I have good players around me and good coaches. Mm-hmm. Which, obviously, I don't think you're like a Hall of Fame-level quarterback if you're relying on everyone around you. But yeah. I think he could still be a good NFL starter. Like, Maybe how would he Panthers, be like, if he they had... They an offensive line. They might what... have some young, talented receivers. Christian McCaffrey wasn't healthy last year. So I'm still not out on Sam Darnold. Maybe that's laughable to some people. I don't think he's going to be like some outstanding quarterback. 
but I do think he could be a good starter in the NFL still. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense to say that he's not gotten a fair opportunity to be a successful quarterback in the NFL. I, and, you know, honestly, same with Baker Mayfield, though. I what? think he could still be good. Last year, yeah. he was hurt the entire year. I think there was a lot of stuff going on in the locker room, probably even unhappy with maybe the lack of contract negotiations, the Odo Beckham stuff. So I'm not out on Baker Mayfield yet either. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. What, and I don't know that either one of them is in a great situation with Carolina to be like, oh, yeah, now we know. <laughs> now we know you're not good. So we'll see what happens. I, uh, just assuming that Baker Mayfield is going to start week one seems a little steep to me. I, I don't know that I want to like come out here and like guarantee it. I saw yesterday on Cowherd, or maybe it was the day before, he was already doing like his week one NFL bets. I'm like, you have you have no idea what's what's going on yet. Like, yeah, we haven't got <laughs> you training camp yet. If, yeah, maybe you feel pretty <laughs> safe on some of the stuff, but then I thought it was funny because it's like 30 minutes later, Baker Mayfield gets traded. <laughs> Ooh, what are, you, what, are your, what are your bets now? If you're Carolina, excuse me, and you start Sam Darnold and he looks good to start the year and he stays healthy, do you keep Baker? Do you try and trade him at the deadline so you can get something for him? Or is there just no longer a market for Baker? I don't think there is. Not unless, not like unless you get through the season and there's a team that needs a quarterback, and mm-hmm. it's like we have Baker here. But even then, so many of these teams have so many; they they're set at their backup quarterback mm-hmm. position, which is why there's not been a big market for Baker Mayfield, yeah. or why there hasn't been a big market for Jimmy Garoppolo, is because a lot of these teams already went out and they either drafted a young quarterback, like the Panthers. Even I kind of thought mm-hmm. they were out because of that, and they have like a guy that they want to give the ball to. Or even in Seattle, like Seattle just kept coming out and saying, like, no, we're not interested. Yeah. Because they wanted to roll with Drew Locke, and they're happy with their backup in uh, Geno Smith. Yeah. Or the Saints. It's like, yeah, we already have Jameis. He's maybe not good, but we also already have Andy Dalton. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, what quarterback, what team could go down with an injury to where you're like, oh, yeah, now we've got to trade for a backup. So if you had to kind of take a a guess on how the Panthers do next year, you think they end up as a top 10 draft pick, top 15? Yeah, I'd say top 15 for sure. You're going to be the third best team in your division probably. Yeah. Sorry to any of our Panthers fans <laughs> out there. <laughs> Maybe a handful of you. I don't know if any of you listen to Mike Dup. <laughs> Might be a little rough. <laughs> but I, I just, I still think, obviously, the, the Buccaneers are going to be good. Yeah. They might win 14, 15 games. Well, Saints, it's just, we're not going to bet against solid. Tom Brady. Like we're 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 done with that. I'm assuming. Yeah, and then the Panthers. It's like looking at their schedule. They might get off to a hot start. You have the Browns, the Giants, Saints. <sighs> nope, it's going to be tough. <laughs> <laughs> you got the Browns, who you're probably still going to lose to, especially if Deshaun Watson is playing. Yeah, you may you beat the Giants probably. Although I do like uh, their head coach, whose name I can't remember. But then, like, Ryan the Dale. Saints, Saints are pretty good. Cardinals, probably going to be pretty good. 49ers, Rams, Buccaneers, that's their schedule. Good God, guys. And then after that, you get the Falcons, okay. Then you got the Bengals, then the Falcons again, okay. Then the Ravens, the Broncos, they've got a tough go at it. Dude, does Matt Rule get fired in the middle of the season? I just I don't know that I can see them winning double-digit games. So maybe. I don't know if he gets fired in the middle of the season. I think he gets fired before the end of the season, though. This might be a situation of like, oh, okay, we're going to let him go so we can get in on the coaching search. 
Yeah. I mean, by week 13, that's when their bye week is. There's a real possibility they're about, ooh, three and nine right there. Yeah, even with Baker playing well. I know that I have been the Baker Mayfield hater for ever, forever now. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But I do think that he's decent at quarterback, but I just don't know that he's good enough to make a difference on this roster. I really don't think it's a good yeah. roster. Well, I, I thought a couple of because years that offensive ago, line. Sorry to cut you off. I thought they were like an up and coming team. So I'd say, okay, you took an entire draft and addressed your defense, and then you brought in guys like I like DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Robert Anderson's been pretty good. Um, Christian McCaffrey, I really like him when he's healthy. He's never healthy. The offensive line you got a Quanu this year. Mm-hmm. We'll still see. We'll see how he does as a rookie left tackle. Brady Christensen last year. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. Like they're just so young, and I just don't know. And you that's know just what? their offense. And they got Bradley Bozeman from Baltimore in free agency. Austin Cobra is their right guard, who they got from the Rams, and then Taylor Moten, who's been there for a bit. But it's just like mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, see, I know because I'm, I'm going to do this to myself. Where I'm going to look at it and be like, oh, you know, it's not that bad. Like, there's a possibility. Yeah, there's always a possibility. But at the same time, it's like, who is the quarterback? It is going to be Baker. We know who Baker is at times. He can be exciting and electric, but he's also going to make some stupid decisions. And then you also got Sam Darnold who sees ghosts. Even last year where it looked like he was doing real good, and then they faced the Cowboys about, what was it, week four or five? And they hit that second half, that third quarter, and they just shit the bed. And it was just like, wow, these guys are just, never mind. Let's hop off the hype train. Because with Carolina, I mean, I was right there. as like, you know, I was leading the hype train. It was like Carolina and Carson Wentz for me two years ago. I was like, man, they're, this next season is going to be exciting. Carson Wentz, L-O-fucking-L. Carolina just didn't happen. Maybe, maybe if your boy Carson Wentz gets hurt, maybe then uh, they could trade for Darnold or Baker Mayfield. Who would you rather have? <laughs> like if you're the Panthers, <laughs> like oh, were you excited points. as a Panthers fan yesterday, or was it just like what the hell? Are I we do doing? know there we were some Donald. Panthers fans excited yesterday. A lot have been kind of waiting for this, but they also got a full look at Sam Darnold last year, and I think a lot of them still saw what happened and thought, all right, this is definitely not the guy. Yeah, but I don't to even I think believe that you can win within this division is maybe a little bit of a stretch. You you will not win this division, mm-hmm. barring Tom Brady injury. You won't do it. I mean, even looking at that schedule, it's like, ugh. I don't know what games you're going to win. Yep. And we say Atlanta. Who knows? Atlanta might just come out with Marcus Mariota and be like, have fun. We're running. Just kidding. Now we're throwing. Or he is going to throw it, and he's going to catch it himself and score. <laughs> I still think Atlanta will be bad. They should be. <laughs> they should be very bad. Mm-hmm. And then the Saints, we'll see what happens there. Uh, I guess you're probably a little bit excited. I do think Baker Mayfield is an upgrade from Sam Darnold. Off of what we've seen them both do, he's definitely an upgrade over Sam Darnold. And having him healthy, and also maybe with a chip on his shoulder, Bingo. I think you could get a lot out of Baker Mayfield. So I do like that trade for Carolina. Again, you gave up hardly anything for him, a conditional fifth-round pick, and you're not paying him much at all, under $5 million. Mm-hmm. That's nothing in the NFL. So I like the move for Carolina and for them to just sit there and be like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> oh, you want a third? No, hang up the phone. Don't talk to them ever again. <laughs> it's like, hey, wait, they're offering a uh, fifth-round pick in 2023. <laughs> no, we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> Tell them the draft starts in 2024 for them. 
They're not doing anything before that. So they gave up next to nothing for, I think, what could maybe even be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. I don't think that equates to wins. A lot of people drop out of the Pro Bowl. (laughs) But it could be a Pro Bowl caliber quarterback. Mac Jones made the Pro Bowl last year. That's true. Mac Jones was decent, though. Yeah, I think Baker Mayfield can be decent. Yeah. The win, maybe seven, eight games. Throw for a couple thousand yards, but not be like special. Yeah, but we'll see. I and you know also you know what's this do for the Jimmy G trademark? That's what I was going to ask you. I also think that one's dead. I don't even. Are you even shopping him? Like if you you've seen what Baker Mayfield just got traded for, and how much money <laughs> the Browns are paying him to not play for them. I you just hold on to Jimmy G. And say hey, sorry, oh, yeah. sorry, man. Just get healthy. Well, it's like it's inevitable that someone's going to be injured in the preseason or early on in the year, and you never want to wish that upon somebody. You never want to predict it, but at the same time, it's like that's just how the NFL works at times. So there's going to be a team that's like, we need a quarterback now, and Jimmy G is going to be available, and that's where the 49ers are like, thank God this kind of worked out. Like John Lynch, I just Lynch don't is know like, if that's oh. going to be the case this year, though. Even if someone goes down. Because so many teams, like I said, are, they're already set with their backup quarterback. Yeah, and bringing in a Jimmy G mid-season who doesn't know your offense is probably not going to be better. Like the Colts, if Matt Ryan gets hurt, mm-hmm. oh, okay, let's bring in Jimmy G. Is Jimmy Garoppolo really that better mid-season than who's their backup? Is it Sam Ellinger still? Uh, yes. Like maybe they are one team that's like, yeah, maybe we should kick the tires on. But that's assuming that they're good already, and I don't know if they will be. They have Nick Foles. As their backup quarterback. So Nick Foles, who's been in that offense. That's right. Yeah. Is probably, you don't have to trade anything to get Nick Foles. He's there. You're paying him already. To get Jimmy G, it's like, hey, wait, we're going to trade a fifth-round pick in the middle of the season for a guy that might be a little bit better than Nick Foles? Yeah. No. Or what you should really do if you're the Colts, just play Sam Ellinger. He's a man. <laughs> like oh. the Chiefs, maybe, if Mahomes gets hurt. Then maybe you could say, like, "Well, we we weren't planning on this." Chad Henney's he's a coach. Yeah, <laughs> like, it was it was fun what you did in the playoffs. Maybe we'll trade for a guy like Jimmy G now midseason. Yeah, like hey Shane Bouchelle, like you're fun to watch in the preseason. We're not we don't want to see you out here in the regular season. But like let's say you know maybe Russell Wilson goes down with an injury. Broncos, that's a possibility. You look at the Titans, you got Malik Willis. The Jaguars, I feel like you're just like, eh, fuck it, we'll go three three years in a row at number one pick. Let's just keep rebuilding this thing. The yep. Giants, I know we've talked about them a couple times, but they have Tyrod Taylor, so that's not going to be it either. But they're also not going to be like in contention. Like yeah. If Daniel Jones gets hurt, they're probably going to be bad anyway. If he gets hurt, they're going to be even worse. Mm-hmm. So you're not trading for a quarterback for six games when you know you're not going to be in the playoffs. you just rather go get your So you can eliminate draft. half the teams in the NFL. Most of these teams are trying to get draft picks anyway. Even Washington, like if uh, Carson Wentz gets hurt. Ah, fuck it. (laughs) Punt on this season. We knew we weren't (laughs) going to be good anyway. Bring in Heineke and let's roll with that. So I don't think there is a trade market for Jimmy G. I think he plays with the 49ers probably all year. Maybe some of... I'm like I'm trying to look for other teams where like it's a possibility, but I mean it's just it goes to the point that you're making where like no one's really in that position to do it. So it's maybe just, the Raiders, if Derek Carr gets hurt, he's yeah, been in that offense before. With Josh McDaniels, though, he's going to be more comfortable with Jarrett Stidham running that offense and probably. But even Jimmy G, though, I mean he knows it too, so it'd just be like let's just refresh you on it. But also, they have to be in contention. 
That's also very true. And they so, also don't have a very good offensive line, the Raiders. I wouldn't bet on Jimmy G getting traded. I, I think that somebody within that front office, John Lynch, <clears throat> really likes him <laughs> and wants him to be there. So we'll we'll see. I don't expect it to happen. I wouldn't bet on it. I also didn't think Baker Mayfield would get traded, but I, I kind of thought that he would get cut. He pretty much got cut. Yeah. Like the Browns were like, okay, if this trade doesn't go through, if they say no to this, we're going to cut him. <laughs> That's how I feel that worked out. But the Panthers said yes to it because they only have to pay him five mil. So, and with Jimmy G, like, I don't know if you're going to find another trade partner. So how and does that work then? The Seattle. That's the other team that's been rumored. Yeah. How does that work with Kyle Shanahan then and Trey Lance? Because I feel like the rumors have come out that, hey, Kyle Shanahan wanted Mac Jones. And John Lynch was like, eh, I'm taking Trey Lance. So it was like, Kyle still pissed at that, and I was like, fuck it, we're going to play Jimmy G, or is he going to give the young guy an opportunity? Now, granted, I don't expect you to have the answer to that, but it's just something yeah, to think about moving forward. I don't. I think you gave up a lot to get Trey Lance. You need to figure out if he's good or not, so mm-hmm. you should play him. But that is my opinion. I don't know if that's going to be the same opinion of San Francisco. Yeah, and but I agree with your opinion on that. I would I would play him. You, you had those little like Trey Lance package plays or whatever last year. Play him. Jimmy G's not anything special. You yeah. might have something special with Trey Lance, or he might come out and shit the bed. But either way, you got to figure out if he could play or not. You're I'm, not going to figure it out by having him sit on the bench. You're definitely not. And then there was moments last year where he did come in. I was like, man, look at that. That was a 40 yard, like, you know, on a rope. Look at that. Yeah. It's pretty. And then it's just like, eh, Jimmy G's back. And even some of the stuff with Trey Lance was like, ah, he's a little rusty. You know, he didn't play much last year. He's played in the smaller uh-huh. conferences. Uh, well, then play him. <laughs> get him out there on the field. Yeah. Might as well it get to like it. seems like everything could be answered by just playing Trey Lance. <laughs> but for some reason, the 49ers like, won't get out of their own way. Maybe they should just – they're like Moneyball. Uh, there's a clip that was going viral kind of last week or so where the manager comes in and he's like, you get to pick the players, but I get to make the lineup. I'm playing Carlos Pena at first base. Brad Pitt's character is like, you are not playing Carlos Pena at first base. <laughs> Because he's no longer on the team. Maybe that's the discussion the 49ers have to have. You can't start Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes, I can. I get to pick the starting quarterback. No, you can't because we traded him. We've cut <laughs> He him. is gone. He is no longer an option for you to play. He's out of here. Trey Lance is the starting quarterback. So now that we know what the trade market was for Baker, does that just hurt the Niners then even more with Jimmy G? Oh, it, yeah. it didn't feel like there was one much beforehand, but John Lynch thought there would be. So now is it just like, God dang it. We got to go a four year like four years away for like a fourth round conditional pick like oh yeah and that's the thing like if you trade Jimmy G it's like okay we're still gonna have to pay him a shitload of money mm-hmm. just like the except for Jimmy G's making more than Baker was yeah Baker was due to make like nineteen and a half Jimmy G's around twenty seven yep so you're still gonna end up paying like even if you get a good deal the Forty ers are still paying him twenty million dollars at this point. You just got to sit him down and talk to him and be like, you're the mentor now. <laughs> you need to go wherever you want next year in free agency, but this year you are going to mentor Trey Lance. You're going to work in the quarterback room. That's it. And then you get to ride off into the sunset. Pick your team next year. Do you think the 49ers are just kind of like hoping something happens to Derek Carr where it's like, oh, 
that would just be the best case scenario. Put a hit out on him. Yeah, because like I mean, we can screw the Raiders. Bounty. They are going to find a way to. Do they play each other in the preseason or anything? It might be something (laughs) to just watch for. Forty Niners just out here trying to hurt other starting quarterbacks. Just like, hey, by the way, you know. (laughs) Yeah, maybe the Vikings. Do they have a backup quarterback? Um, the Vikings' current situation. Yeah, they drafted that kid out of Texas A and M last year. Oh yeah, they have Kellen Mond and uh, Sean Mannion. So Woo. no need for a quarterback <laughs> in Minnesota. Uh, we are a okay over here. What if Aaron Rodgers gets hurt? Oh. No, they have Jordan Love. Everyone has a backup. Oh, I thought you were being sarcastic there. <laughs> they literally forgot about him. <laughs> yeah, I mean Jordan Love. Uh, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, Jordan Love steps in. It's going to be like, well, hey, this is <laughs> this is literally your opportunity. Either make it or break it, kid. Yeah. Same situation. I mean, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, you see that tattoo? I, mean, I don't know how you haven't. Yeah, oh, I've, I've seen it. You're a tattoo guy yourself. What are your thoughts? I, I don't want to judge anybody else because, like, I have some tattoos. And it's, people might look at it and be like, that's the most basic tattoo I've ever seen. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. It's confusing. I don't get it. And Aaron Rodgers came out and was like, there's symbolism and there's meaning between you know, everything that's on the tattoo. From the outside looking in. Looks pretty stupid. <laughs> I've got stupid tattoos too. I have a Club Six Hundred Nine tattoo. A lot of you people do. might look at that and be like, "Wow, Tubby likes the appetizers at Six Hundred Nine. <laughs> it's a little bit more than that." <laughs> so, like, would I get that tattoo? No, <laughs> probably not. Do I think Aaron Rodgers is a weirdo? One hundred percent. But tattoos are—you don't get tattoos for other people to like them. Yeah, that's true. Or at least I don't. I, all, mine are meaningful. I don't have any tattoos that are just like, that was cool at the time. Let's mm. do it. Sick. Dude. I have Check one, it out. I have one, my back piece. <laughs> Your last name. But even that my one. My back is, piece. You are ridiculous. The one, like, the one on my back is I have my last name on my back. I'm yeah. very proud of my family and my back name. And, and my last name. I used to hate it when coaches would say, play for the name on the front of your jersey, not the one on your back. One. We're too poor of a school to have our names on the back of our jerseys. Two, fuck your school. I'm playing for my family. That means a little bit more than liberal high school. Okay, We are the family. The Miller tradition that goes on generations in this area that I'm very proud of. Yeah, it's a little more important than your fucking liberal bulldogs across my chest. So you can take that little saying, shove it up your ass. I'm playing for the name on my back. So even that one that looks a little prison tatty. It is. It has a lot of meaning. So with Aaron Rodgers, it's still like, you do you. Like, I hate you. I think you're annoying. I think you're very smart, but at the same time, stupid. Uh-huh. It's probably, it probably does have some really cool meaning once you get into it. <laughs> so that's kind of my Aaron Rodgers take on the tattoo. Yeah. You well, need to I'm be glad fashioned. I asked. Huh? Aaron Rodgers has a tattoo. Now it's time for you to. I don't know, man. I keep thinking I want to do it, and then it's like, ah, I'm good. I just, there's, you know what I mean? Like, I have ideas and things that I think would be neat and I have a meaning, but at the same time, it's like, am I going to look at it in six years and be like, this was stupid? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you'll look at it from time to time and be like, that was, that was dumb. But then there are other times you look at it and you're like, this is badass. Like, my first tattoo, I look at it sometimes, and it's for my grandparents who passed mm-hmm. away. I don't ever look at it and be like, man, that's dumb. I regret that. But it was, I was 18 years old and I didn't really know what I was doing. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's not a good tattoo. Yeah. So I wish I could change that part of it. But again, all mine are pretty meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't have a lot of tattoo regret. 
My worst one is the one on my back. And you don't even, you can't even see it half the time. And I just justified it having it pretty well, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also thought it was really cool. And the chicks used to dig it. Really? <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Are you serious? Swear to God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've had out. more at least two occasions where that tattoo alone worked out for me. Wow. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine what you're saying is with. I feel like you have a one-liner with it that's just like, ooh, that's good. I do. I yep. would wear cutoff shirts. This happened both times. <laughs> cutoff shirts, playing basketball, softball tournaments, something like that. All right, that's a really cool tattoo. Like, what does the rest look like? And I would make a comment like, you have to find out. Why yeah. are you <laughs> come find out for yourself? Yeah. You want to see the rest? Let's go. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> Oh, man. Curiosity killed the cat, man. Curiosity <laughs> killed the cat. <laughs> Tattoos are cool. <laughs> Got her ass. <laughs> uh, also cool, Roper Kia. Go in there and yeah. check out their inventory. Uh, if they don't have the car of your dreams, they will help you find it. And if you mention us here at Mike Up, we're going to save you $1,000 off your nicer, newer ride. That that right there, $1,000, it would get you a nice little tattoo piece. Yeah, absolutely. A little back tat. Mm. You'll see the rest of it. Let's have another drink and I'll... Tell you about it. <laughs> uh, you get your name on your back and a new ride. What's up, bitch? Hop on in. Hey, that might be the only tattoo that's ever gotten me laid. <laughs> My worst tattoo is two for two. <laughs> that's no longer the worst tattoo, then. Yeah. Like that's how you got laid. It's like this Climbing isn't the, the worst. Move over, grandma and grandpa. <laughs> Moving on up. Next up is going to be Gunspot. Make sure you visit them at Gunspot.com for all your gun and ammo needs. No reserved auctions every single week. And one of the best parts about the website is there's no hidden fees when you go to check out. So you don't even have to worry about it. It's not a matter of if. It doesn't matter when you visit the website. So be sure to do so at Gunspot.com. It's me trying to get caught up in the chat here. <laughs> yeah, I reloaded a little bit ago. And it was like, bam, 30 comments. I was like, holy smokes. <laughs> My bad. Right? Uh, we do appreciate you guys joining us here today. Tattoos are cool. I, a lot of people do, like yourself, you don't have any yet. And they freak out like, oh, my first one has to be like this big, meaningful, mm -hmm. special. My advice? No, it doesn't. Like, are you, like, <laughs> it's like losing your virginity. You think like <laughs> that first time, like, oh, it's going to be magical. It's going to be the best. I'm saving it for someone special. And then you like accidentally lose it in college because you've been drinking a little too much and you're like, eh, not that big of a deal. Let's go get another one. That's tattoos for you. You the build thing up is the hype like of this first one being special. It's not very good. It's a little sloppy. It hurts more than you think that it did. And But then you're just, you're fine. You're done. You go get another one. The thing is, I was like, what one do I get and where do I put it? Neck tattoo. <laughs> Loyalty. Yeah, no regrets. Mm, not even a single letter. I also knew a girl that had the No Regrets tattoo. Yeah? Yeah. She was very embarrassed by it. <laughs> I would imagine. <laughs> I would regret that. She like, was actually paying to have it removed. She's like, I, I, don't even want, I don't want to talk about tattoos that I have because I've got some really dumb ones. And I was like, I've got a dumb one. Let me tell you about it. Also, two for two. You know, so I was going to say, you dog. There it is. <laughs> and, but she was like, I have some really dumb ones too. And it was like on her rib cage, it said No Regrets. She's like, I'm getting it removed. Like, I know how stupid it is <laughs> getting it lasered off. Tattoos, go for it. Speaking of tattoos, last night 
uh, Shohei Otani tattooed a baseball. Mm. Um, I I shat on him at one point, and uh, it's not looking good. You did before he became like before right everyone. Before like, MVP you weren't season. the only one doing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It was just like we're not going to have a guy come in the majors and be a hitter and a pitcher and be successful at both of it. Yep, and uh, I was pretty wrong on it. Last night he has <laughs> ten strikeouts, two RBIs, and a stolen base. I believe he's the first player to ever accomplish all three of yes. those things in a single game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Since will. They've been tracking RBIs. Yeah, they've the only been doing it for a hundred and two years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's possibly someone that did it in the backyard when the major league was like a thing, you know. But like now, right, it's like yeah. now that we're tracking stats. First you know, time. Babe Ruth was maybe playing in like 1919, and he maybe did this. This <laughs> yeah. fat ass wasn't getting steals. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> maybe 10 Ks and two. Maybe he tricked him. Like, hey, will you like this? And he's just like walking, trying to get a light, the, the cigar lit up as he's walking to second. Right, but I do think it is pretty cool with Shohei Otani. I do still kind of stand on my point. He's. He's a good pitcher. He's a good hitter. I don't know that he's great at either. He does just enough, though, where it's like... Uh, <laughs> but, be, uh, yeah, being really, really good at both of those mm-hmm. things is special. And it's cool to see things like this that we haven't seen in 100 years. And even with Babe Ruth, Babe Ruth, out, very good pitcher, one of the best hitters of all time. He was never really doing it like at the same time. It's like he was with the Red Sox, and he pitched, and he was really good. And when he was with the Red Sox, it was like, oh, this guy might be able to hit a little bit too. Gets traded to the Yankees. Like, this guy can hit. Why are we wasting him pitching? Mm-hmm. And they weren't changing rules for him then where it's like, hey, you can actually you can stay in a DH. It's cool after yep. you're done pitching. But not to take anything away from Otani. It is really cool. He's very good at both. And I don't know if this is going to be like the start of – Oh, well, let's see more if more players can do it or if it is going to be one of those once-in-a-lifetime, like true once-in-a-lifetime players. I think it'll be like, oh, let's see if you know, every team's going to be like, okay, can we find our own Shohei Otani? You know what I mean? A lot of teams are going to want to try and figure that out, but I think it's just going to come down to the fact that like, eh, they're not doing it successful enough to where we're going to keep them doing both. Just pick which one. Because like even with Shohei, like this year, I mean, he's batting, what, 256 right now? 257. So it's like, okay, that's good, especially right now in the year. But at the same time, like pitching wise, like, do you want him to keep going and doing this? And like my point here that I'm making with the Shohei Otani is like, he's good enough to keep doing both, like you mentioned. And it's great and it's fun to watch. It's awesome. Like I said, I haven't seen it in 100 years. But the Angels still are just not winning baseball games. Mm-hmm. You have the two greatest players of this generation. Yes. I don't know that that's debatable. And you still are struggling to win games. It is pretty mind-blowing. And you're on like your fifth manager of the year because one guy, and you fired one, one got sick, the other one got kicked out, and the other one I think just, so maybe four. It's just like, man, it it's is just It's not a like mess. they're a low-budget team either. They've got one of the biggest budgets in baseball. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, man, we've got these two really great players, but we can't afford any more guys. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Like Anthony Rendon at the time, a very good third baseman. Uh, they signed Justin Upton a long time ago. He was a really good outfielder. Mm-hmm. Like he was supposed to be the piece to go along with Trout originally. You've you've had some guys come through there and they just they can't get it done. They've paid a lot for pitchers. Even now, like paying for Noah Syndergaard. And they just can't find ways to win games. They're thirty eight and forty five on the season. They're sixteen games back of the Astros. 
That's pretty wild. That makes me feel better about the Kansas City Royals, <laughs> who are thirty and fifty. So it's not like at least we're looking at the Royals like, hey man, young guys are coming up. They're just trying to, you know, they're developing, learning how to win games in the majors. They did right. last night, which was pretty nice. But it is it is crazy though. Two of the best players, and we'll see what happens with the trade deadline coming up too. I, I think you have to go all in if you're the Angels, and I don't I don't follow them very closely. I haven't followed them at the trade deadline before. You've got to start giving up some prospects to get some better players in there too and say, okay, we're going after it. We're going to try to win now. We're not trying to hold on to these guys for the future. We need to surround Otani and Trout, who Mike Trout is sneaky old. Yeah. He's 31 years old. Yep. He'll he's probably get that, another seven to eight years of decent play right. out of him. But he's not that just, you know, like, oh, he's still young and up and coming. Yeah. No, he's here. He's a veteran. He's been in the league for 10 years. Yep. And then Otani, you've got him for the rest of this season and next season. Then he's a free agent. Who knows if he's going to want to come back or if he's going to want to really explore free agency. I don't know who his agent is. Maybe he's even a guy that's like, I'm going wherever I can get my top dollar. Yeah. Which I don't blame him. I my question for respect you, that out of players. My question for you with the Angels here is, would you rather just like try and surround everyone? Are you saying like surround Otani and Trout like this year at the trade deadline and go get people and try and make something happen this season? Yeah, make a run. Because like you said, you're 16 games back. If you go get somebody, granted I don't know who you're thinking, you go get them and trade prospects, do you think you can make up the margin of those 16 games for the second half of the season? They're seven games back of the wild card. So they're still really in it for the wild card. That's reasonable, yeah. Yeah, at the trade deadline, I still think that you're one of those teams, but... At some point, you do. You've got to make a push to say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna make a deal for Andrew Benintendi." Yeah, we won't have to give up a lot of prospects for him, and maybe we can re-sign him. Have him hitting two while you have Trout hitting three and Otani hitting four, mm-hmm. or something. I, I know Benintendi's on the market and he's hitting well this season, uh, but you you know make a play for someone. Yeah, don't just stay there and say like, "Oh, well, this is like Andrew Luck in the Colts." Well, we don't need a great offensive line. We've got a really good quarterback. Yeah, because that was where I was going to go with the question: Is do you try and do that this, you know, this trade deadline, or do you go into next offseason like let's just spend as much money as we can getting people here to compete? I say both. And then the next year, you just kind of—I mean, at some point, you're going to have to reach the mindset of like, hey, we tried, it just didn't work out. We got to blow this thing out. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe what you should do is go all in this year, try to get some guys, maybe some guys that aren't expiring contracts or maybe guys that you think that you might be able to re-sign. Uh, like if you get Andrew Benintendi in-house and he's like, hey, I like it here. It's nice playing with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani every day. Yeah. I'll re-sign here. So that's an angle that you could get with whoever else. It doesn't have to be Benintendi. And then next year, be aggressive. Be aggressive in the offseason with trades and free agency. And if it's not working, you got to trade Otani. <laughs> yeah. Or you got to explore trading Otani. You don't have to. Maybe you can get him to resign, too. I have no idea what his thinking is. I know his he's repped by CAA. Well, so he's going to get his money. So he's probably going to get his money. <laughs> he is going to get his now, money for sure. Yeah, the Angels do have it, like we talked about. But we'll we'll see what happens uh, with that one. Aaron Judge last night crushed his 30th home run of the season. Yeah. He's another guy that I kind of thought, like, why would you pay this guy $300 million? And now he comes out and has the best season of his career. He's still kind of old, too. So I'm still kind of holding on to the, like, why would you even think about giving him eight to ten years? 
Yeah. Uh, even seven years. You're going to be paying him until he's 37, 38 years old? That's tough. And I think a lot of his value also comes in the outfield. He's a very good right fielder, one of the best arms in baseball, which mm-hmm. is not that important. But if you're going to be paying a guy until he's 38, he's going to eventually have to DH, I would think. 100%. And, I mean, he did this before in 2017. He had 30 right before the All-Star break. We saw Cody Bellinger do it in 2019. Pete Alonso did it in 2019 as well, both reaching 30. Christian Yelich had 31 in 2019. That's when, you know, the baseballs were pretty much juiced, and we're just like, my God, these guys are hitting home runs like crazy. Mm-hmm. But the fact that he has done this twice now is pretty impressive. And it's like, you owe this guy a contract. You know, you mentioned the age and everything, which is a good point, but now it's like almost, I wonder... How many home runs is he going to hit before the All-Star break? Like, can he get another five or six in there? I think he can get another five. I, I think he could get to 35. What do we have, like three weeks left, two weeks mm-hmm. left? Yep. And the record is held by Barry Bonds from 2001 to 39. Most 39? home runs Jesus yep, before the All-Star break. Yeah, so, you, I mean, you got almost two weeks. He could. He could get to 35. It's crazy with baseball, though, is like he could heat up, and it's like, oh, he's hit six <laughs> out of his last eight games. Yes. Or he'll just go on a complete slump, and it's like, oh, I got 30 at the All-Star break. I just don't want to see teams be like, we're not pitching to this guy anymore. He's not about to do that. No, yeah. no, no, no. It's hard to with that Yankee lineup. They're so damn good. <laughs> yeah. Even uh, last night's game, they won like 19 to nothing or something stupid. Yeah, when they hit that grand slam, it was 14 to nothing. <laughs> did you hear the? Did you happen to hear the broadcast from the Pirates? Yeah. Oh my gosh! It's just the absolute heartbreak in the guy's voice. It was just like, "Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. We're already getting our ass kicked, and you give up a grand slam? Come on!" Yeah. Sorry. Like that's baseball. We played nine <laughs> <Yeah>. innings, <laughs> and I did see some other people. I I retweeted something about the Pirates this morning, actually, who the Yankees played last night because I think I have a beautiful ballpark. Mm-hmm. And then my Twitter was like, oh, you like the Pirates? Here's everything Pirates. So I've seen a lot of shit about the Pirates this morning. Yes. My it, Twitter is just like becoming overloaded with stuff that like I don't really care to see. Mm-hmm. It's like, where's this fun, engaging like jokes or stuff that's on Twitter? I don't see those anymore. I don't get any more funny tweets. I just get a random like, ooh, you see the 49ers, da-da-da, like blog thing. I was like, I don't it's, care. It's slowly turning into Facebook. 100%. Instagram is too. To where I know we've talked about it before. It used to be like, okay, what are people in my life doing? Let me go check social media and yep. see what actual real people are talking about. Now everything is sponsored tweets or this company tweeting this, this media outlet or it's just that. Verified accounts. Like that's mm-hmm. it. And like it's just like I don't care like what all the verified accounts have to say sometimes. Like and I feel like I have very few interactions with people anymore. 100% 100% agree with that if it's just changed so much in the last even like five years and Instagram too is like man I sit there and I'll scroll Instagram and it's like this is not I'm not following these people mm-hmm. like this is all stuff that I is like suggested day. posts I was like what I got three tweets in a row from Sperry's who I don't follow mm-hmm. three suggested sponsored whatever tweets or not <laughs> tweets uh, Instagram posts in a row I'm like, I don't even want the shoes, man. Yeah. I don't like them. I got Were we some talking about ones. shoes? <laughs> I wore them. That's it. I don't like these shoes. I don't need them. Don't want them. And I even had to do that old man-like thing. I don't want to see this <laughs> post anymore. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Seen too many tweets from this account. Uh, with the, the pirate stuff, though, this is going to happen when you throw in a second baseman to pitch. Yeah. 
it, it I, what was it like a year, two years ago, somebody did this and they're like, you can't hit off of a position player. <laughs> no, fuck that. And fuck you. So I'm taking a yard. <laughs> like at some point, these guys are going to go to an arbitration meeting and they're going to look at all their numbers mm-hmm. and they're going to be like, Hey, Aaron Hicks, why should we pay you this much money? And he's going to be able to say like, Hey, I had 88 RBIs this year instead of even like 84. Yeah. There's a little bit of a difference there and that's money in his pocket. So if I see, you know, eight to 10 position pitchers in a year, you bet your ass. I'm trying to take them yard. Yeah. I'm trying to up my numbers because it is a money game and that's what you got to do. It's business, baby. If you don't want your pitchers getting taken yard, forfeit. In the game. Call it a run rule. But as soon as you put in a position player, it's open season. It's home run derby. That's do you think we'll do. start to see that? Like, Do you think we'll see a team that's just like, yeah, we're not coming back. This game's over in the seventh. Just call I it. think that a lot of them, they're just going to go to the position player stuff. And yeah. your old talking heads, your, your old announcers are still going to be pissed off about it. Mm-hmm. That's not the way the game's played. Yeah, you're right. It is now though <laughs> yeah. back Welcome the day to when it. you started watching baseball that's how they played it that's done with yeah because back then you know guys were just throwing complete games we don't care how tired your arm is your, your <laughs> yeah. throw right uh, so yeah I'm, I'm definitely all about that i think i'm more passionate about the hitting off of a position player than i am like even bat flips yeah because it's just funny to see like a 55 mile an hour ball come like lobbed in there and just <laughs> Yeah. See ya. What was it, that one stat last week? There's like, this is the hardest hit ball on a pitch that was thrown 35 miles per hour <laughs> yeah. ever. <laughs> I think it was like a 47 mile an hour ball and it just got hit for like 111 miles an hour. It's like, God <laughs> damn. Yeah. So that's, that's part of it, man. If you're going to put a shitty pitcher out there, guess what? He's going to give up some home runs. That's just, that's baseball for you. Uh, another thing that happened yesterday in the basketball world, uh, Zion Williamson signed his extension that was kind of already announced it's going to be five years up to 230 million dollars um the thing that i took away from it is not that he signed the contract somebody puts 230 million dollars in front of you you sign that contract (laughs) Uh, it was the fact that he actually he looked very excited about being a pelican after like a lot of rumors even last year of like oh he might want out this and that i'm not one to buy in on a lot of the hype or what people say at press conferences. His body language did look very excited about being there and about building a future there. It did look genuine, and you could tell he was excited. And I think it was because he saw them have success and like make it right. into the playoffs. Right? Bringing like, in like C.J. McCall. Exactly. And you have Brandon Ingram there. And it's like, okay, we actually have a possibility. If I can get in the lineup and be healthy or not in the lineup, you know what I mean? If I yeah. can – be healthy and playing with these guys like yeah we could be dangerous we could have some fun here have the size we have the athletic ability to score and everything like that as well so it is but at the same time i can't help but think like were you just like were you genuinely excited to be with the pelicans or are you genuinely excited that the pelicans are about to pay you 230 million dollars yeah and i was thinking that too but at the same time like i think that he's okay with money like the nike deal alone that he has he's gonna live off of that's true yeah so this this isn't like man I'm I just got drafted into the NBA I'm a millionaire now he's already a millionaire he's already set for he life. was at Duke probably <laughs> probably <laughs> <laughs> well that was before NIL stuff so was, yeah. he was probably making like hundred fifty thousand dollars could you imagine what he would have got at Duke <laughs> of what this NIL deals ten mil easy ten mil no shit you think so coming out of high school all the hype that he had yeah that is just, true factor in the fact that he could have uh, 
cashed in on his YouTube stuff too. Oh like he was putting yeah. out YouTube highlights and he probably couldn't get paid off of that. Damn, you're right. Or if he did it, it was like under the table. It's like, no, it's my uncle's YouTube channel. Pay him. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, uncle. Five easily ten mil. If you've got quarterbacks going to Miami that are like four stars and they're making nine and a half, Zion could have got ten. The negotiation that would have taken place of like, hey, you come back to Duke for one more year. Oh. Or you can go to the NBA and make $5 million or whatever it was. <laughs> I don't know. He could have made a shitload of money at Duke, especially if Nike could have made a run at him. That's they, what I, was I mean, say. while he was in college, they had the Zion shoe already out. That's the shoe that he broke through. Yes. And then everybody was like, oh, maybe it's not a good shoe. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was getting ready to go with it, too. So I'm glad you brought that up. It's like the other shoe companies I could have came out of and like, hey, man, like you're blowing out of those shoes. You're not going to blow out of our shoes. We got you. You yeah. don't got to worry about it. Right. I mean, and he was already in talks competitively with Adidas and Nike. Uh-huh. And part of the like the Duke thing is that they're a Nike school. Yeah. Versus, you know, schools like Kansas that are Adidas schools. You got those, uh, what they call them, bag men, stuff yep. like that. He could have made so much money. Maybe one of the highest paid athletes. It would have been disgusting. Especially if, if basketball is different because he was a one and done. But, I mean, if he mm-hmm. would have been required to stay there for three years – like a Bryce Young is required yeah. to, I mean, he would easily $30 million. <laughs> that just like almost hurts to hear. It's like, oh, I just wish I was a little bit more athletic. Yeah. Thank I God wish... some of those guys are able to just get that, you know, free education though. Yeah. Just That's so nice. Super happy you got that for a semester. Yeah, right. Uh, Another thing that's really nice is the Club 609 Happy Hour uh, from 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock featuring their two-for-one drink specials and $2 draft pours. Definitely check them out if you're ever near the area. I would say if you're within an hour of Joplin, it's a must stop through. I agree. Get the uh, Nachos 2.0. Maybe share some with your buddies. Maybe don't, depending on how you feel about that. Mm -hmm. Some people like to share their appetizers. Shout out to our buddy Cole. Thanks for listening. Appreciate you. Love you. I mean, maybe if someone was just like, hey, we uh, we are wanting to share with right. you. Because yeah. just, you know, every time I try and make an assumption, it just comes back to bite me. So I just <laughs> tried to stop doing that. Assume. Huh? You know what happens when you assume. Yeah, it makes an ass out of you and me. Exactly. And um, me assuming that you guys were not going to share. Damn pretty, it. Pretty I assumed without assuming. <sighs> yep, pretty sus. You were just... Uh, Get out of here. Deep in that game. Couldn't even hear us. Uh, check out Club 609 for a great happy hour again. 2 o'clock until 8 o'clock every weekday. And then that special 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. happy hour every Saturday. Two for one drink specials, $2 draft pours at Club 609. You better believe it. Next up is going to be Downtown Lou. Be sure to visit them right here in the heart of Joplin, Missouri on 1st and Main Street. They do specialize in tires and lube, but they are much more than that. So be sure to visit their website at downtownlube.com. For their full list of services, it's not a matter of if, it is a matter of when you will need your oil change, your tire service, and your vehicle checked at. So make sure you do that here in the four state area at Downtown Lube. And now for a little Thinking Out Loud Thursday. Um, I'll go first if that's okay with you. I actually yes, have sir. two today. Uh, my first one is kind of a tell the truth, kind of a thinking out loud. I've, I'm deep in the Navy SEAL stories that the History Channel puts out. So it's uh, it's like a whole series. I told you guys a couple of weeks ago that this is like my thing that I'm into this summer. It's Navy SEAL stories. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to podcasts. I've been watching TV shows. 
And then uh, over the 4th of July weekend, I found a new series on the History Channel that is just about Navy SEALs and the stories uh, from them firsthand. Oh, that's really cool. cool. I've enjoyed it. But uh, I kind of passively watch TV. I'm, I'm always on my phone. So even if I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been watching this, sometimes I get a little distracted. The ADD flares up, and I'm like, oh, got to do the dishes right now. Wait a second. I was watching something. <laughs> but I've been getting into Navy SEAL stories. And, but I've noticed with the History Channel, yesterday I was watching some, and I was like, wait, I've already seen this episode. And why am I watching it again? What happened? I thought like the, the app messed up. Yeah. And I like, started replaying one that I already saw. I check it. I'm like, wait, I haven't seen this. I haven't watched this yet. Why am I hearing the same story? And I want to let the people at the History Channel know I'm on to you. They're taking like the same sound bites and using them on different stories. No way. Yeah. So there was even a story about uh, – what's his name? Chris Kyle, mm-hmm. American Sniper. So on episode one, they're talking about this shot, how he did it, who he is, everything – and telling the story and say, like, okay, that's cool. I've seen the movie, but it's cool. Here's the first hand from guys that were there that were with him. Fast forward like three episodes later, I'm hearing the same story again. I'm like, what are you guys doing? You, you can't do this. They're cheap asses. They're taking like, hey, we're going to do one interview. We're going to run it three times though. Oh, <laughs> Just man. so you know. It, it really started to piss me off yesterday. <laughs> it's like you're the fucking history channel. You've got all kinds of money. You got all sorts of history. You're going to try to dupe me by retelling the retelling of history? (laughs) No can doosville, baby doll. I I need some fresh stories every time. But I also, last summer, I got into Wild Wild West stories. Uh Uh-huh. And then I got into, like, the men who who built America. Yeah. And they do the same thing. It's pissing me off, though. (laughs) This is three times now that I've caught them doing this stuff. And they they need to make a change. At their ass. Am I still going to watch the the stories? Yes. I'll finish the series. But when it gets to a point where I'm like, heard this. Can you imagine them doing that in a book? Being like, oh, by the way, we're going to retell the story that we told in chapter one and chapter seven. Yeah. No. It was bullshit. Skipping that chapter. (laughs) Or, you know, if uh, somebody was writing a song and it's like, I'm going to use this verse again. Use this lyric again. So they're not doing a rerun. They'll just take the story and like... Yeah, and mash it up with something else. Like uh, each episode, they'll tell like two or three stories. Uh huh. So on episode one, Chris Kyle sniper story, uh-huh. cool story, like it. And then like they tell the two other separate like stories. And then again in episode three, it's like they would be telling a different story, but they'll use the same soundbite of oh, like okay. a, you know American sniper Chris Kyle was on this mission, and then they'll use the same soundbite like this is who Chris Kyle was. He's from the movie American Sniper. He yeah. did this. And then it's like, I've seen all of it before. Yeah, I've already heard you say this. But it's not like a recap. Like, hey, here's what you might have missed in episode one. <laughs> and they're just trying to like, shit, you know, we got an hour. What are we going to do? Put the Chris Kyle story in this episode, too. They almost need like a... Evergreen. Chris Kyle. <laughs> they almost need to have like a, hey, has this person watched this episode before? Okay, put something in that they haven't seen. <laughs> right. Pick your own adventure story. But yeah. I am, I'm on to you. History Channel. I see what you're doing. I, so I just, it needs to be put out there. I think there are other people like me who are like, yeah, I noticed that too about them. Because again, it's not just this series. Men Who Built America, Outlaws of the Wild Wild West, you mm-hmm. did it to me there too. <laughs> so I see you. Just letting you know. So are you just a little bit of a history nerd now? 
You just kind of got all these random facts you're just sitting on? I mean, I'm in my mid-30s, so it's like I've already done the golf stuff. I've already done the grilling stuff. Now it's just like it's History Channel stuff. That makes sense, actually. Yep. I'm currently in the golf stuff, so. Yep. I lived in that world for probably two years. Two years, that's it? Yeah. Oh, shit. Quick in and out. It's like, this is expensive. It's hot. It's fun. I'm not taking it serious. Yep. I hear you. Okay. <laughs> I was out. I'm still kind of in the grilling. Like, I think I talked about that last week. Yeah. You Black very much stuff. are. Still, I'm still living in that world. And I still golf. I like to. Yeah. We just did a episode last week. But you, you've grown to it. You've, you're adding stuff to the table. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know who I am as a golfer. I'm never going to be better. <laughs> and I don't care to be better. Yeah. I but now I am, I am entering the dad mode of History Channel documentaries. I love that for you. Mm-hmm. My first thinking out loud there's there, my only one I should say, is people are still shooting off fireworks and scared the shit out of me last night. <laughs> Thought a damn bomb went off. Driving yeah. home, it was like, uh, were those gunshots? Driving. I look over. Yeah, there's a little neighborhood that's next to my apartment. I look over, and they're just standing in the middle of the road lighting fireworks. And I was just like, what the f- are you guys doing? One, you're crackheads. So two, I know you stole these. And three, it was like, you're three days late. Are you just now coming down off your high? Or you realize, like, <laughs> oh, just woke man. Up. Those yeah. weren't fire. Or, you know, those weren't bombs we were hearing the other night. It was fireworks. thought the sky was falling, man. It changed colors. I was crazy. But, yeah. yeah, last night, people were still shooting off fireworks. Scared the shit out of me. I got home. Still heard it. it like, an hour and a half later, I was like, were those gunshots or those fireworks? I had to, like, peek my head out the window. Sure enough, they're all still sitting in the street. So that's my thinking night, out loud. Thursday, fireworks scared the hell out of me yesterday. It's also a little bit of tell the truth. Last night, I this is real. Tell the truth Thursday. We have a little gas station that's by our office. Uh-huh. I've posted pictures of it before, and then I felt bad because somebody was like, hey, that's somebody's business. That's their livelihood. That's how they make their money. That's true. Yeah. But it is rough. And But here's the thing. It's not even the building. It's not the workers. It's just the part of town that they're in, that's where all the homeless people hang out at. Yeah. I am 99% sure that last night when I left, I saw not a drug deal going on, but a firework deal. I I know that I saw a dude selling Roman candles to a lady. <laughs> like the big, long no Roman shit. candles. Yeah. There was an exchange of Roman candles and something else. So like... A trade, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if it was money. I don't know if it was drugs. I'll give you two Rome candles and some crack, 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, but I was like, this guy is really out here just selling Roman candles. Uh, we hustling, brother. We hustling. There's about, there's about 12 people just standing outside. It's rough. It is pretty scary. There would be times like if I come back from a restaurant and like I have leftovers, it's like, am I really going to eat these? And I'll just swing by and set them down. And I've done it. I come through. It's like, hey, does anyone need any food or anything? And be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh, back away from the old Kia. I got one styrofoam little box here. You just have to start Take throwing it, it out go. the window. <laughs> I'm not going to treat them like they're animals. As you drive out like a drive through zoo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Back up. Get out of there. <laughs> right? Got Yeah. Yeah. I ain't got nothing left. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It is. It is tough. It's crazy how many homeless people we have in Joplin. Uh, is, per capita, we've got to be up there. 
like just when you think it's getting better, it's not. You just get like a new load of them. I was like, I haven't seen you yet. Like there was one guy I saw just randomly standing in the street for like four days in a row. Mm-hmm. Everywhere I went, Joplin, he was somehow there in like this downtown vicinity. I haven't seen him since. Yeah, there used to be. That. And I just can't help but assume like, did he die? That lady or did that he we hop on a bus almost just, every day. Yeah, your little teddy bear friend that you gave a ride. Well, I gave her coffee when I first moved here. I didn't know that you know she. Was, <laughs> I didn't realize it was her and a hundred others. I thought it was just kind of her, and she was just you know radio on her shoulder, just jukeboxing it out. Yep. Comes into the coffee shop, thought she might set down the radio so we can go in and get her a drink. She brought that sucker in, dancing right in the middle of the coffee shop, and I was like, ah, I guess she can just get like whatever she wants. This... And the ladies and they're like, oh, that's so sweet of you. And I was like, yeah, but that radio is still blaring in my ear. Hurry up, thank you. <laughs> This summer feels worse than any other summer I can remember for homeless people in Joplin. Like, it, it honestly feels like it's multiplied by three or four. One hundred percent. Yep. And I, I don't. I don't know what the deal. I is. can't leave the office without seeing like, and I don't want to sound rude, like a pack of them <laughs> just coming down the street, just Lord. like hanging out, <laughs> a like school it, of homeless people. And it's so hot outside too Gaggle that they're all just like they're all just agitated and angry, and they're hot and sweaty and dirty, and they'll just be sitting in the shade, and you got them just yelling at each other. And I'm driving through, like trying to let my car air out, so I got my window down a little bit, and I'm just like looking over because I'm curious. And then they're staring at me, like, "What are you gonna do, bald boy?" And it's like <laughs> nothing. I'm out of here. We'll have sex in your car again. <laughs> and I, I hate to sound so rude about the homeless population. Uh, my parents do great work trying to feed uh, people in need and help out. Uh, mm-hmm. Brother has a foundation uh, to help provide coats to people in the winter. So there are a lot of people that I, I see them and say, like, okay, you just need a little bit of help. Let's get you yep. through. But, man, there are, there are some people here in Joplin. It's like you're a career homeless person. Oh, yeah. You have no aspirations to do anything other. I feel like they get to Joplin and they somehow find like a homeless starter kit. Where like you get a Sharpie, a piece of cardboard, get creative. Go find a corner to stand on. Yeah. And I say that like half jokingly, but I'm also like dead serious in terms of like I really think that's what's happening. They get here and someone's just like, here's some cardboard, here's a Sharpie, see you later, good luck. Mm -hmm. What really surprises me is when you see them with like a bike. And not just like a bike. There was, there was a program. There had to be a program that oh, came through. And like I know there was because when I went down to Manchester, I saw thirty bikes on the sidewalk, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, "I'm gonna go get me one." Another problem is our homeless shelter, which we have, and it's apparently top notch because everybody comes here. Mm-hmm. It's right on Main Street. It's not off. Main, it's like Seventh and Main is like our busiest intersection. Mm-hmm. The homeless shelters at like seventh and eighth, first <laughs> main and eighth. Yeah, so it's like it's a block off the busiest intersection in town. Yep, they get out in the morning like, man, I'll just sit on the corner for a couple hours, make thirty bucks, be on my way. Yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, so fireworks and homeless people. I feel like you had a twofer on your thinking out loud. That's pretty much what it was. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know, man. I just feel like if I was ever in that point, like I just feel like I would want to be at a point where I was doing something to make things better for myself, not just be like, whoop. This is it. Hope I, you know, hit the jackpot on the penny slot today in this gas station. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's like, another thing they do. Uh, but I, I'm not. I say all this because I feel like I just came off really rude right there. I have done, and I also don't want to be the guy that's like sitting here bragging like I help people because like that's not. I never want to be. That oh, guy. did you post it on your social media? Yeah, exactly. Like I, I did not take videos of it. I just I like to help people and help them, but at the same time, like I hate it when I help people and then I still see them doing nothing, trying to make things better for themselves. Uh-huh. That's where it's like, hey, I did my part, 
I can accept that. I gave you 10 bucks. I did what I'm supposed to do. And you do what you're supposed to do. And it's like when I see them again, it's like I'm not giving you $10 anymore. I literally one time when I lived in Springfield, uh, I was in a, like a speech and debate class. And we were talking about homeless people. And a lot of people were just shitting on homeless people. And I'm like, man, like there's some people out there. They're just on rough times. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of help to get by. Like not everyone that you give money to is going to immediately buy drugs and alcohol. I, that's just, that's a dumb way of thinking. Yep. And I had this speech and debate class, heard all these arguments and everything, left that class, went to Walmart, saw a homeless person outside. I'm like this at the time I was like, this is a sign from God. Here you go, man. Like 20 bucks. He's like, Oh, thank you so much. It's going to make my day. Like I'm gonna be able to get food with this, everything. I'm like, no worries. No worries. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I go into Walmart, literally saw the dude buying alcohol with it. God dang it. <laughs> Just need something to take the stress off, brother. Appreciate like, it. You damn. made my day so much better because I'm about to get drunk. <laughs> yeah. uh, at least let me take a pull off that thing. Yeah. <laughs> Still, you, uh. should, you should help out the homeless people yep. when you can. My last uh, Tell the Truth Tuesday is about Chris Sale. I don't know if you were able to see this. I saw it this morning. Uh, he's on a rehab assignment with a uh, minor league team. Uh-huh. And he had a bad pitching outing and he got pulled a little bit early. And then he absolutely goes and just destroys like their locker room. <laughs> yeah. After a minor league rehab start. Like if you're the minor league team, like you're sending him a bill for that's, that. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It's like <laughs> I'm writing up an invoice. Like I'm yeah. take I'm maybe I'm gonna submit an insurance claim, but I'm also gonna be like, if I need to, I'm file filing charges. He's yeah. paying for this shit. Could you imagine being the minor league play like teammates? Like, man, we get to play with Chris Hill today. Like, this is awesome. Right? And he just this... acts like that. And you're like, man, this guy's a little bit of a douche. His ass gets hurt so much that they're yeah. probably like, oh, sales back? <laughs> Here's hey, your welcome locker. back, brother. Good to see you <laughs> right? in the building. And I saw other people tweeting about it, too. It's like uh, Max Scherzer just did a rehab assignment uh, to where he was in the minors pitching. And he bought everyone dinner, like the whole team. And it was like, uh, you know, good luck the rest of the way. Hope it works out for you, rooting for you guys. And he bought them all AirPods off of rehab assignment. That's cool. And then, like, the next day, you have Chris Sale, like, all right, we got your sales back in the building. Fuck your locker room. Scherzer just bought everybody, like, a steak dinner and AirPods. Like, I wonder what we're going to get. You're going to get your shit tore up. <laughs> what you're going to get. Because he's just. He's an unstable dude. I've always heard that he was kind of weird, kind of like the Yankee yeah. level weird. But I mean, <laughs> this is also the guy that the White Sox at one time were going to wear like throwback uniforms or alternate uniforms, and he was due to start that day, and he was like, "I'm not wearing those." And I don't know who it was, the manager, of the front office, was like, "Yeah, everybody's wearing those uniforms. That's what we're doing today. Special day." Yeah, he cut those motherfuckers up so nobody could wear them. Took scissors from the trainers, cut the uniforms up. So that he wouldn't have to wear it. Like, he is not right in the head. No, I did not hear that story before. Wow, <laughs> that was, what a that was nut when he was job. with the White Sox. Uh, the White Sox, White Sox or Red Sox? White Sox. Okay. So, I mean, he's just, he's a weird dude. And then to just to pull this stunt, too, like, you had a bad rehab assignment or he got pulled a little bit early in the minor leagues, and then you're going to trash whatever it was a whiteboard. Yeah. Uh, even if it was like, 50 bucks worth of damage. It's still too much. You should not get that upset over a minor league outing, especially when you are Chris Sale. Yeah. You're doing fine on money. Are you upset with how you pitched? Probably. Did you get rocked in the minors? Yes. Do you need to break stuff? No. Athletes are weird. They overreact over so much. 
Sometimes. As much as I sat here and say, like, you know, man, I kind of just wish I was a little bit more athletic, you know, making tons of money doing that, like playing sports. Like, there's probably something about me that's just like really fucking weird, and I just like, I'm all right. It is. I mean, it is a very stressful job. One hundred percent. Yeah. I do. I remember being in a relationship one time and her being like, "Why is why do they care so much? Like, it's just a game." Mm-hmm. It's like, no, it's not. That interception, that could mean he's cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could never play again in the NFL if he throws too many of those. Yep. And he's making millions of dollars to do it. So it's not just like, oh, no, I'm going to lose my $20,000 a year salary, babe. <laughs> no, he's I'm going to lose $20 million. Like Baker Mayfield. Mm-hmm. He could have lost a lot of money. He might not get another opportunity in sports. So, I mean, it is very stressful. And in baseball, a lot of it is how do you bounce back from – yeah. The bad days, because everyone's going to have a bad day. And you get yourself out of the slump. How do yep. you respond to it? Yep. Yep. Got to hit that slump buster. <laughs> For sure. what I'm going to go do. I uh, appreciate you guys joining us here today <laughs> on Mike Top Mellow and Big Country. We'll be back at it tomorrow right here in the call-in app at 10 a.m. Central Time. We do appreciate you guys joining us. Uh, those of you involved in the chat, always a great time. Definitely get to show here. Uh, if you're able to, I, I know that some people... Not able to listen live at 10 a.m. We also appreciate those listeners that listen later. Uh, But, again, thank you for joining us today. Happy Thursday. We'll be back at it tomorrow for a Friday episode.